12. Simon was breathing in sharp, shallow hitches. The guy hadn't come back. There was no way past the creatures. He kept moving his light from side to side, playing it across their faces just as they started to edge forward once more. How many minutes had already gone by? Ten? It felt like he'd been standing here for hours. When would Joshua and Gabrielle come back? Would they come back in time? He couldn't stand here. Couldn't wait. He had to escape. He risked flashing the light up. The walls of the tunnel were compacted dirt, but they weren't rock. Perhaps he could climb. He brought his light down again, flashed it from side to side. They had stolen forward a foot or two, and with hisses turned their faces away, raised those huge, clumsy shovel claws. God, he loathed them. Their flaccid bodies, their wrinkled skin, their naked pinkness. Even their very slowness repulsed him, the strangely delicate manner in which they approached, shuffling forward like old men, coming ever closer to him. They were now perhaps eight yards away on each side. He'd have to try. He had to escape. Simon took a deep breath, held it. His heart was fluttering in his chest like a bird trapped behind a curtain. Took a second breath, then a third. This was it. Samurai time. This is where he showed how calm and in control he could be. Online, he was the master. He was the fastest, the baddest, the sharpest guy on the net. He would escape. He would escape. He would escape. Moving before he could panic, he shoved the heavy maglite into his cargo pants pocket and jumped as high as he could, leaping at the wall, thrust his fingers and hands into the dense loam, felt the dirt and sand give way, kicked his toes into the wall, lurched up, thrust and fought for purchase, pulled his body up and then plunged his hand up higher, felt a root, felt a surge of elation, and then his feet slid out from under him and he fell, crashed to the tunnel floor. Shrieking in fear, he yanked his flashlight out and waved it back and forth in blind panic. The creatures were only four yards away, hissing softly now as they reared back and turned away their faces. Kicking his heels, he fought to stand, moving his light back and forth, back and forth. Panting, sobbing, he looked up again. Fifteen feet. He had jumped, what, two feet? Was five foot six himself? That was nearly half the distance. If he could find that root again, if he could pull himself up, he could maybe shimmy his way to the surface, back to one wall, feet to the other. God, how fast could these things climb? With those claws, they might be faster than him. Sweat was burning down his face, stinging his eyes. He had to try again. He couldn't stand here, letting them shuffle forward inch by inch. One more try. Find that root. Climb. He was having trouble breathing. He was so scared he felt as if he were going to pass out. He realized that he was saying, Please, 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 over and over and over again. Last chance. Simon flashed his light up, sought the root. There. Dropped the light back into his pocket, jumped, dug hands into the soil, fought for the root, grabbed it. Wiry and thick, he held tight, kicked his feet into the soil, found purchase, and screaming, fought to climb higher, wrenched himself up a foot, left hand scrabbling furiously in the soil above for something to hold on to, a rock, another root, something. Soil and dirt fell into his face, and he felt his nails tear, the flare of wet 
pain as he mashed his hand over and over, feet slipping free. His right shoulder was on fire where it had bunched, holding his weight up. His left foot slipped free of the wall. He nearly fell, and then his left hand grabbed hold of a rock. His fingers held with terrible force for a second, and then the rock came free in his hand and he fell back, collapsed down into the darkness below him. Into the tunnel where large, loose-skinned forms were gathered. Simon screamed, screamed as he hit the tunnel floor, hands digging for his flashlight, soft heat around him, delicate, warm, naked skin. Something slammed into his stomach, tore it open, blank, all-consuming pain. He opened his mouth to scream, but a heavy shovel claw raked across his face, tore off his nose, opened his cheek, ruined his eye, shattered his jaw. The light, he thought, the light. Then all thoughts ceased as countless claws tore him open, sprayed his blood across the dirt and walls and ground, rendered him asunder with brutal, mindless force. Gabrielle stared at Joshua's retreating back, livid. She wanted to sprint after him and bury her maglite in the back of his head, tear the shirt from his back and the flesh from his ribs and spine. How dare he feel sorry for her? How dare he, Joshua, feel pity for her? Who did he think he was, presuming to judge her? Didn't he know how pathetic and foolish he was? How he had danced to her tune all these months, breaking laws, breaking his own heart as she wanted? And now he felt pity for her? Anger, lust, adoration, love, even disgust she was used to. Pity? She hissed and shook her head. The glow of his light faded as he walked further around the tunnel's bend, out of sight. Soon it died out altogether, and she was left standing alone, staring at a dark tunnel mouth. This is where you belong, down here in the dark, with the rats and the corpses. Gabrielle shuddered. She didn't need him to understand, didn't need anybody to understand her fascination, her passion, her love for death, decay, the end of life in all its forms and guises. But to insinuate she was dead already, that something about her deserved to be down here alone. She shook her head, resisted the urge to spit on the floor. Fury stormed up from her core, and she laughed shakily to herself. Idiot. Gabrielle raised her camera and looked into the lens. I'm going to have to edit all this shit out, she said. Just you and me now, darling. You and me. And when I get out, the world. If I decide to share. She smiled, felt her confidence returning, turned to look down at the central hole, and let out a scream of surprise, shock, disgust. Naked, wrinkled creatures were climbing out of the hole in a writhing carpet, bellies dragging across the ground, all elbows and haunches, porcine heads with long, delicate tusks searching the dark for her, dozens of them, freezing as she strobed them with the light, turning their faces away, silent, with more coming from below, a flood of them, a knuckled rug of pink flesh and long whiskers and ivory teeth, tiny pig eyes closed as she illuminated them. She couldn't get past them. Joshua had been right. How had they appeared so fast? She turned to run and stumbled. More were coming out from the side tunnels, shuffling forward, shovel claws held before them, heads hanging low, closing in on her. 
Where she swung her light, they stopped, retracted, but all around her was darkness, and they were moving in, closing in on her. Joshua! She screamed, fighting down panic. She turned her light about her in steady circles. Which tunnel had he gone down? They all seemed the same to her now. That one? Or that one? The chamber was filled with the soft susurrus of their movements now, the cloying smell of them, sweet with decay. Gabrielle gritted her teeth. She would have to commit to a tunnel and hope it was the right one. One more time, she yelled out, less panic in her voice now. Joshua, come back! And then she raised her flashlight and began to move forward, pressing the creatures back and away from a tunnel mouth. They stumbled, shied back, raised their claws, but refused to give way altogether. What the hell? She shoved her light at them, trying to frighten them back, but they simply shuddered and huddled together, closing ranks. Gabrielle quickly turned around, shining the light in a sweep, arresting the approach of dozens upon dozens of the creatures, those from the tunnels dropping into the center of the ground having risen to their feet, joining the press that were shuffling toward her. Joshua! Her scream rang from the low ceiling. Joshua, help! She had to stay calm. She began to search for a space between their bodies, a gap, a means of escape, keep them away with her light, steady. The light was shaking in her hands. An image flashed through her mind. The first corpse she had ever seen. She blinked. They were all around her now, a curtain of soft, wrinkled flesh, small eyes gleaming in the dark, incisors opening and closing, flesh eaters pressing in all around her. Joshua! Crude Sunlight by Phil Tucker The Buffalo State Asylum for the Insane is a grand and terrible building. Abandoned over 40 years ago, its rooms and halls no longer ring with tortured screams. When his younger brother goes missing, Thomas Veercraft comes to Buffalo to find him. Following a trail of black and white photographs and disturbing homemade videos, he tracks Henry down to the doors of the State Asylum. It's the last building his brother entered before he disappeared. Crude Sunlight. Available now on Amazon.com.